0: And welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave.
1: And I am Chris.
0: And how are you doing, man? I am good. Why are you good?
1: I don't know. I got second a second wind going right now.
0: Do you? It looks yeah. like crazy eyes to me. <laughs> I'm not good, man. Oh, no,
1: you were fading the last one. Your eyes getting squinty.
0: I'm just tired and I'm depressed.
1: Yeah? Well, first of all, let alone the circumstances of what's been going in, on in your life emotionally. You fucking just drove yesterday for 10 hours in a car and then spent 11 hours fucking on your feet serving fucking sandwiches and shit. And then you just recorded an hour and a half episode about one of your best friends of all time. So I think it's all right. For you. To
0: it's so, fucked up. I was going to talk about this yesterday um, I'm on the last episode. Uh, the drive, you know, I drove five hours to get there. We did this very emotional thing. And then I left there at eight o'clock and it's a five hour drive back. And, and it's like, I was really scared.
1: Yeah. I used to do that every time. Like, I know. Around. I <laughs> was thinking
0: about you. I was like, you know, I wished I was braver or like a better driver. Like, how do you
1: not get scared at that point? I like point? doing it. At, you know, I actually got scared eventually. So I drive home, and I am someone who will literally—I don't get nervous of trucks or that I'm going to crash. That shit doesn't scare me, but I will li- literally fall asleep while I'm driving. And I, what I do is I'll play like '80s heavy metal. I'll crank the the, the volume. I'll put the windows down. I'll slap my face yeah. and I'll vape. None of that really works. You know, the only thing that works is falling asleep and hitting the rumble strip. I can, I've literally had that happen probably three times driving back here where I'll literally doze off. I start dozing off for like microseconds where I like – it's almost like nodding. I like close my eyes and open them and I'm like actually falling asleep like a second and a second and then I'll – eventually I'll fall asleep for too long it'll be like three seconds and I'll slowly drift over and I'll hit the rumble strip and the, hitting that rumble strip is – provides the biggest fucking jolt of adrenaline. If I do it right when I'm leaving New York, I'm good to go for the next four hours it, it fucking like jolts me into alertness I was driving
0: I was I, I know exactly what you mean but yeah. it's like it's like I can't take it's not like adrenaline for me it's just it's just terror, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, terror. Like, it's like it's total <laughs> terror I was driving uh, up through the Bronx and I was on the phone with um, Todd's friend trying to plan my trip and I'm Hold it! Like, I'm an idiot. I don't have a thing for the phone. So I'm yeah. holding the phone. Yeah. I'm not a good driver anyway. You
1: got to be careful. They'll pull you over for doing holding that. Holding
0: the phone, a hand on the wheel. And the next thing I know, some fucking guy is changing lanes into me.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy? And I'm talking on the phone, so I'm having a hard time getting Honking. to the horn. Yeah. And he's he's changing lanes into me. He probably got inches away from me. And I hit the horn, and he he doesn't even, like, notice. It was yeah. like... And I got so scared, yeah, because it was like literally like this is on the way out there. Yeah, okay. And it was like literally like, like just terror. And like you it's like, I don't know, my body and my brain, when the car was that close to my car, yeah. all I could see was accident being on the side of the road calling the insurance company, calling a tow truck, having to explain to my father and Linda what had happened. Yeah. They never would have believed it You're wasn't my everything. fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like in that second when the car's drifting over, I'm feeling the repercussions,
1: so you, ready you know?
0: To... And it's like, and that terror, it lasted with me for hours. And then every time I would get nervous, it would pop back into my head. But what really gets me nervous, it's like during the day, like nothing. Um, once it gets dark, I like feel like I can't see anything, and I feel very uncomfortable. And I feel like I'm not in a lane. <laughs> and I feel like what I really feel like is it's I'm. It's
1: good to have that fear. It's like kind of good. I, I, I'm literally the total. Right. Like, I when I come out here, it'll take five and a half hours sometimes to drive here. But if I leave at midnight and drive back to Boston, I can do it in three and a half. Right. Because you're ripping and there's no traffic. I'm like the total opposite where I'll be on like – I'll be on the highway and stuff and it will be fucking dark and there will be no other cars and I'll drive for an hour with my low beams on. And I'll be like – all of a sudden I'll be like, why am I driving with my low beams? Like I don't even need to have – like I can put my high beams on, which is so much safer because if there's like a deer or a fucking wombat or something, you'll see it. If you have your low beams on, you don't see it. You just 70 miles an hour and fucking hit it all of a sudden, you know? But I don't even think like that. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I'm like – I, and I'm just an idiot. You know what I mean? It's actually better to probably have a healthy fear because it's dangerous.
0: It's so uncomfortable, though. Yeah. And then I'm coming home, and it's also late, yeah. and it was like this very long day, and I was yeah. by myself, and I didn't know where I was going. Yeah. And again, I'm not a good driver. I'm not a bad driver at this point because I drive around Long Island all the time, yeah. but I'm not like a seasoned, long-distance driver. Well, you
1: just I mean, you grew up in New York, and you really only started driving more like a year and a half ago.
0: Well, yeah, because Before that, I always drove on drugs. Now, the other thing that happens to me is like when, and especially when I was so tired, but when you're getting off the highway uh, onto another highway and you go on those things, you know, like those twisty one lane things that are really like very curvy and twisty, I feel like I'm playing like a car game. And like I wasn't great, I was in USA. yeah, or, or, or anything like yeah. like Afterburner or like any of those games. Yeah. And I feel like Outrun. Yeah. Outrun is the thing. I always think of Outrun. And um, fucking, I always crash the car yeah. in those games. And, and and I feel like I'm on these like turnoffs and I just feel like I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna drift. And then I'm gonna slam into the fucking barricade, and it's gonna, the sparks are gonna fly off the side, and it's gonna be all crunching (laughs) on the side, and it doesn't, and it's like in the video game. That happened every time. Yeah. And in reality, that doesn't happen. Yeah. But I feel like it's going to. And then I drive really slowly. Like when you get off the highway and you're going up those twisty off ramps to the next highway yeah. and people are like speeding. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how do – and I'm like, why am I such a pussy <laughs> yeah, that the- I'm going so slow? I'm like going 15.
1: <laughs> we literally have the polar opposite driving cycles. When I go to a rest stop, right? in Massachusetts there's like when you go um like the rest stops on the highway, you know, when you get back on the highway they give you a good like fucking three hundred yards. Do you know what I mean? And you're supposed to yield, you know. And I just know I'll just fucking start revving it like while I'm still at the gas pumps and I'll just hit that. And I'll be like, if I hit it going 75, 80 miles an hour, I don't even have to worry about oncoming traffic because I'm already going faster than oncoming traffic. So I just floor it getting back on the highway.
0: See, that's what all my friends <laughs> were like in school. But that's like suburban, suburban like style. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like and I, and I applaud you. You know, I think I think and, and I'm a total pussy. You know what I mean, and I'm very afraid. Yeah. You know, and I know that the dopey nation team toodles out there is going to be like, "Yeah, Chris, I do the same thing. I jack it up to eighty, and I weave through the traffic." Yeah, let's talk
1: about dosage. I'm literally not. Saying
0: it. <laughs> Take fifty milligrams of fucking STP. Take another three three COX times four twenty five SMA. Drink a little Rohypnol, <laughs> and then I'm cruising. Oh
1: man!
0: What's Rohypnol? Well,
1: there's uh, Rufinol, which is Roofies.
0: What's Rohypnol?
1: I'm assuming you're getting it confused with Rufinol.
0: Rohypnol is something.
1: Is it? Rufinol uh, is. I was actually asking Annie about this. I'm like, I
0: top off Annie? a little DMT <laughs> on the side, and I crank it to eighty, and then I'm
1: flying. You flying? They, you know Kurt Cobain tried to kill himself first with champagne and, uh, and all. I didn't. Yeah. Did you ever yeah, see... Courtney Love found him.
0: Well, I know you're, the answer to this is no, but have you ever seen the movie Kurt and Courtney?
1: No.
0: Um, I had a feeling. <laughs> In the movie Kurt and Courtney, it supposes that Kurt Cobain was murdered by Courtney Love.
1: Oh, I've heard that theory before.
0: And And that Courtney Love had... And I really want Courtney Love to come on Dopey. What? <gasps>
1: you know what I just realized? What? Okay. You... We, who were we supposed to have on this episode?
0: Steven Adler.
1: And so, for some reason... You never just get lost on your phone. For some reason, I was reading a lot about Courtney about uh, Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain's death. So, Kurt,
0: Cob- Kurt, Kurt... Kurt Cobain's death.
1: Kurt Cobain's death, right? But we were supposed to have Steven Adler on the show. Right. Well... Um, Kurt Cobain tried to kill himself I think he was in France or something like that with Rufinol and Champagne and Courtney Love found him they brought him back to LA they put him in a detox he went into a detox he joked about like running out of the detox and jumping the fence and then he jumped the fence like right. the same day right? right yeah well he was in fucking LA he goes and gets on a plane and flies from LAX to Seattle mm-hmm. right and while he's on the plane I don't remember which one it wasn't Stephen Adler he's next to somebody in Guns and Roses and he hates Guns N' Roses. He does not like Guns N' Roses. But the guy next to him, I think he might even be sober. I'm not sure. They said he spoke to him the whole plane ride, and he said Kurt Cobain was really happy to see him, which was interesting because they didn't. He didn't like him, you know. And the guy said he sensed something was really off, and the next thing he you know, you know, he blew his head off.
0: Was it Duff McKagan?
1: I don't know who. It was. Where did it you wasn't read this? Steven Adler. It was what
0: had weird. you reading this?
1: Um, God. How, oh, I think it was because Joe. Sh- Drank was on uh, VH1's for Love and Hip Hop. Why? He was doing an intervention on one of the women on it. And I think he got on the show from Courtney Love, so I might have started Googling Courtney. But actually, no, they happened after. I don't know how I ended up. No, I was. I I listened to actually a decent amount of Nirvana. Every once in a while, I go do like Nirvana and Red Hot Chili Peppers and Pearl Jam and stuff. And so I think I was listening to Nirvana. And I accidentally, like I wasn't, in, instead of like, I was just like absent-minded and I searched for Nirvana on my, on Google instead of like putting it in Apple Music. And, um, and then it came up and I just was bored and was reading it. Anyways, that was really boring. What? My, how I stumbled upon it.
0: I didn't think that was boring. I think that, um, I like hearing about you listening to music and I like hearing about you reading about music. Yeah. But that movie... It's like, I really want Courtney Love to come on Dopey, although she's number one, she's not going to. No,
1: we've tried. I've asked Joe a million times.
0: And number two, if she did, you know, the other thing about Todd is like something that I've said like ten times yeah. since he died was that he was he was the guy who was constitutionally incapable of being honest. Do
1: you think Courtney Love is? I, I, it's funny. Joe, he put in, I think, was that the Garden or some shit? He did some big recovery event. This is like eight years ago, ten years ago or some shit. And his headliners were two people. It was Greg Diraldo and, was um, it Greg Diraldo? Yeah, Greg Geraldo and Courtney Love. Well, Greg Diraldo was dead in his thing had overdosed when he was supposed to come on and do comedy. And Courtney Love was high and two hours late. And so he was saying how, but his big thing, the reason I brought this up was he said he doesn't like it when you put these like kind of pinnacles of sort of Abstinence as that's what represents drug addiction. He said that Courtney Love is a more realistic depiction of what drug addiction is. It's somebody who struggles and tries and fails and struggles and tries and fails and struggles and tries. Because that's what that's more the reality than this one and done people go through the steps and that's it. You know? I'm not I'm not demeriting that, but to overlook what You shouldn't overlook what the rule is with the exceptions.
0: Another thing that I wish we had talked about last episode is like if you talk to Todd about recovery, okay?
1: You didn't get anywhere.
0: Well, you didn't get anywhere, but it it reminded me of kind of like the perception of recovery, like the general perception of recovery and the general perception of AA. Like if you talk to Todd about meetings and recovery, he would say – why do I why would I go to a meeting so I could hear other people's problems? You know what I mean? It was and, and that was like number one, yeah, Todd's not interested in other people's problems. But number two, AA isn't about other people's problems. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like the fact that he was around meetings and recovery and all this shit for so long and and nobody ever once described I mean I, I tried a million times to describe AA as like Just a way to be a better person and then have your your addiction disappear because of it.
1: Well, it's so funny. It's funny you mention that because we just had an email from this woman. Um...
0: Is it funny or do you think I just set that up? Set up what? You going to
1: this email. Maybe I brought this up because I knew. Okay, so this girl wrote us the other day. I'll read you my response. You're going to fucking laugh at my response. She writes us and she spreads introspection versus addiction in June. Dear Chris and Dave, summer is long and sticky and suburban. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year now, although always felt a bit lame sending something into a show that focused on dope, a drug I've yet to try, and maybe I'm just extra raw coming off a four-day hallucinogenic camping trip, but I don't know. I thought I'd finally reach out. I would not really describe myself as an addict, as I have enough self-preservation to meet the fair expectations of my parents, attend university, work part-time, take care of my siblings. But at the same time, I smoke weed and cigs almost constantly and get wasted in my childhood bedroom every night, or day, if I'm not working. These attempts at quelling my boredom have gotten increasingly more pathetic since coming home for summer break, and I'm more than ever aware of my own lack of empathy, reasoning, and just general goodness or whatever. Being fucked in an endless slew of basement shows makes you feel a lot better, closer to the masses, than being fucked in the local suburban Walgreens. Anyway, my point is, I realize the negative effect my actions have on my quality of life, but it feels just as narcissistic to claim my purpose is one of recovery. Like it's either my drug seeking or recovery driving my existence, but both revolve around my own self. I have a parent in the program, and she used to take me to meetings as a kid, and so I believe in the merit they bring. I just can't help seeing recovery as ultimately self-seeking and thus shameful. Um, I hope that makes sense. But yeah, I would love if either of you have any thoughts on how to like change this perspective because I would love to be enlightened, and I hate feeling bitter and jaded, but at my arrogant core, I uh, still think I'm right. ao. Okay, I hope this wasn't too long and both of you are doing well. I really do enjoy the show. I just like the idea of voices talking in the background. It's like that feeling of being in someone's bathroom above a party and you're by yourself but not really alone because you can hear muffled voices. Or like riding the train or whatever. I don't know. These are the best times. XOXO and Jeff. P.S. Sorry, this is all over the place. I think so that you're saying the program is selfish, you know, and that's like one of those things you hear all the time.
0: It's a selfish program.
1: <laughs> it's so stupid because I, I, I read you what I wrote to her, which is, so you are gonna like make fun of me. And I wrote, hey, Angela, thanks for reaching out. I totally get your philosophical dilemma as it was once one I experienced. But after enough pain, I just reached a point where it didn't matter anymore. Words only scratch at the deeper meaning of what is behind the program in quotes. But ultimately, it is one of selflessness, not the latter. It might feel or seem selfish at certain points, but literally the work, steps four through nine, deals specifically with our self-centeredness, why that keeps us apart, and how it ultimately ruins our lives. Ironically, we must be selfish to get to a place of selflessness, and most of us never get there, myself included. I do struggle with having an identity that is, I'm a person in recovery as being the defining part of my existence, but who really cares in the end? I don't know.
0: I don't... I don't see a reason to make fun of that. I think that's a fine email, and I think that I think that one of the, you know, we talk about dopey as a sort of rope a dope whatever. I think even that you have to rope a dope, you know, with selfish thinking to get to selfless thinking. Yeah, I, you have to. You you come into the program fucked, and you need to get you say I can't. I need to get better. And that's they a use, selfish thought. The,
1: what they use... Is the, airplane, an analogy. Analogy. the airplane analogy. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, the airplane analogy is a brilliant analogy. Yeah. You can't help the next guy until you're okay. Yeah. You know, and I think that's right on. And I think that applies. It's impossible to be of any use to somebody if you're not of any use to yourself. Yeah. In our family, you know, like...
1: But to circle back to Todd is like what he missed out is on is the type of conversation we're having right now. Because it isn't really about somebody's problems. It's about... How they approach solving their problems, or how they live with their problems, and Todd would just say, "I have a problem," and that's it. You know what I mean? That was the end of the conversation. I don't even think he would he would even say that. He, his problem was like, "Ah, I'm so stressed out. I need to smoke some bud." <laughs> that was a lie, though. Yeah. That
0: wasn't. I mean, that's what he would say. Yeah. But that was a lie.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I I, I that was a lie. The truth was that Todd was he hated himself for being in the situation he was in. He believed the only way out of the situation was to get high, was to party. In his mind, the only worthy move was the move of a teenager in a John Hughes movie. You know, he, he glorified teenage existence at every turn. This suspended adolescent living where... If he could get away without working hard, if he could look cool, if he could not give a shit, things were good. Yeah. You know, the next leap of faith was impossible for him. And I wish this was all in the last episode. I feel like we really, Yeah. you know, do you feel like the last episode was like no, not fine, well, well conceived? Yeah. Like, I'm thinking like, he would always say to me, um, you know, when I started getting better, he would say, Well, you have a kid, so you'd have a reason to get better. He said, What do I have? Yeah. And I would say, I hear you. Yeah. You know, you know, but you don't have a kid. You just got to a desperate place. Yeah. He never got to a desperate place. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason. He never he knew he was fucked, but he never understood it. He never saw a way out. He
1: never imagined his life being better. Yeah. He just didn't. Well, you know what the strangest thing though was? I feel like with Todd, he could listen to everything you just said, agree with it, and just keep going on.
2: I don't
0: <laughs> I, I don't think I think like let's say you imagine Todd's brain is like what's that guy the guy the guy uh in Colombia with the coke Uh, Escobar, Escobar, let's imagine Todd's brain is like Pablo Escobar. And there's like Todd, Todd, you know, Todd's brain is Pablo Escobar sitting uh, on the couch watching TV. And then you have the house and the walls of the house and the dogs outside and the fences outside that. And like you could tell him all that stuff. And he could say, yeah, but you're not getting through the first gate. Yeah. Those words never make it to Pablo on the couch. <laughs> yeah. You know, the dogs outside in the yard might hear it. Yeah. But Pablo is just watching TV and being like, "I caramba, goal! You know what I mean? Todd never internalized yeah. any of it. Yeah. He, it, it. Except when he was fucked and he knew it. And he would be like, I'm fucked. What can I do? And you would say, do this, do this, do this. And he would say nice ones I'm gonna do that and within a week he'd be like this is boring I don't wanna do this you know what I mean he'd forget what he was supposed to be doing and then he would say I just wanna smoke weed but what that really meant was I don't wanna do anything I don't wanna be a be a part of anything I, I don't want I wanna get I wanna do what I want I don't want you to tell me what to do Yeah. I don't want you know any of that stuff yeah you know, and I think that's like it's understandable. I mean, I was telling um, you know, you say that you tell you say that story about Todd being like stressed out, i want I just want to get be able to smoke. Yeah. I was talking to Linda, and she told me a story. you know, after me and her had broken up she uh she was very responsible, and she decided she was going to sue me for custody. So that there was no question about it, okay? Yeah. And, uh, and I was using heroin. Yeah. And uh, I remember I wore this suit and, uh, and my sister... Oh, this and, actually happened. Yeah. And my sister I and I... I that
1: you guys just figured it out yourselves.
0: Well, we wound up figuring it out yeah. ourselves. But my sister and I drove to Islip yeah. to the courts and I was high on heroin. Yeah. And uh, we were about to go before the judge and I pulled Linda aside... And I and Linda always reminds me of this. Yeah. And I said, please, Linda, don't make me stop smoking bud. Please you don't? Said that? I said, please don't take that away from me. Yeah. I said, I need it. I, please yeah. don't make it so I can't smoke bud. Yeah. And I know what I was saying. What I was saying was, I don't wanna grow up.
1: Yeah.
0: I wanna be a kid. I cannot handle the idea of facing life on life's terms. Yeah, of and that's what Todd was saying. Yeah. I can't handle
1: What was Linda's response when you said that?
0: She was like, You're pathetic. Is
1: that what she said?
0: She said she said, I'm sorry, Dave. This is these are the terms. You know, I was like nodding as I yeah. was begging her to let me smoke bud.
1: Yeah.
0: I was like literally like my eyes were rolling back in my head. Yeah. I was totally wasted on heroin, yeah, totally yeah. scared. I remember going yeah. in front of the judge. And we said to the judge that we were going to work everything out. And, um, and the judge said, uh, in, Linda has the right to hair test you whenever she wants. And yeah. if you show that you've been using, you do not have any rights to any overnight. Yeah. And after you've been sober for a year, as proven by a hair test, we will revisit and you can have uh, two, one night every other week. Yeah, or or one it was one night a week.
1: Yeah,
0: and then I remember I bought the urinator. Yeah, and uh, even did though it was a hair doing, test,
1: they were doing pee tests. No,
0: I oh. just bought I just because I didn't want to stop smoking pot.
1: Yeah, and um, did they do hair tests?
0: Yeah, and I came home, and Todd met me,
1: yeah.
0: and uh, and and. And me and Todd sat on my terrace yeah. on Grand Street where yeah. you and Andrew had went to. Yeah, I remember that. And, uh, it was a great apartment. and we were sitting there and we were smoking weed. And I said to him, I said, this is the last time I'm going to smoke pot with you for a long time. Yeah. And he said, why? Hmm. And I said, well, because I really want to get custody of my kid because I, I really don't want to, to be this guy
1: yeah.
0: and lose the custody of my kid. Yeah. And he said, oh, I hear you, whatever. And then me and him went to this Chinese restaurant, and we had like a 12-course Chinese meal. Yeah. And then we came back, and we smoked some more. And I was just like, and I didn't want to stop smoking. But at the same time, I remember sitting with him and just thinking, I can't live like this. Yeah. You know, because I have this kid, and I want to be... This guy. Yeah. I don't want to be... I loved every minute of being that guy with Todd. But the second there was uh, an aspiration that I needed to live up to, I couldn't do it anymore.
1: Yeah, You know, and even one step... Yeah, th- you're basically choosing to sit <laughs> and smoke weed over choosing to be with your daughter. You're choosing to sit and smoke
0: weed with your <laughs> friend over, over the ability to be an actual father. Yeah. What I had that year was... I had permission to go with my dad to Long Island to be with her. And we did every week, twice a day, twice yeah. a week. We'd both, we'd drive out there and my dad had to supervise the visits, Yeah, you know, so the two of us would drive. And that was really good for my relationship with my dad. Yeah, And, um, and I remember at some point I wound up relapsing on heroin and, uh, I remember sitting there with Todd And thinking like, I don't want this life.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Like it's so empty and it wasn't that fun.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, there was a bit of nostalgia that I wanted so badly to to be able to cover everything else. Yeah. Like that this was what we were all about or whatever. But the fun quotient was so small and the fear quotient of not being able to be who I wanted to be was so high. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That fear was everything. And then like and then there were years after I had gotten the eighteen months together and I had gotten my overnights and I started smoking weed again where Todd still wouldn't come through because he was on heroin. Yeah. And I wasn't. And then when I would hang out with him, it was just lame.
1: Yeah.
2: Do you want to go to the voicemail? Yeah,
1: let's go to the voicemail. You ready? Yeah.
2: Hey, what's up, Dave? What's up, Chris? This is um, Uncle Albert, aka Half Sack, aka Bow Ball Baggins, one ball to rule them all. Um, that's basically my nickname because I only have one testicle. But we can get into that later. Um, you know, I talked to Dave on Facebook a lot, like months and months, and months ago, about you know our Nod Squad podcast and getting animations done. And um, I've been, I just fuck, dude. So basically. Uh, we have a lot of recordings. We have a lot of um, good stories and animations we want to upload. But the thing is, is um, I'm currently on drug court, and I'm sure you kind of know uh, what that program entails. And um, basically, uh, we were thinking about it, and we were kind of too uh, paranoid to upload anything because we're being heavily watched by our counselors in drug court and our probation officer and anything we upload like these stories could like self-incriminate us and cause us to get a violation or a sanction for drug court and probation so we've been kind of sketched at upload anything at the current moment um until we get off the program i have 35 days left in drug court so and it's like a you know Anywhere between a 15 and 18 month program. And that's if you don't fuck up. So, you know, I've been on this program almost two years and I'm almost done. So when I graduate drug court, um, I'll be able to upload these stories and animations. And then, you know, there's this whole thing with YouTube and, you know, demonetization and, you know, flagging videos. And these are pretty. F- Pretty fucking offensive videos. They're really debaucherous tales. So, um, oh, and also my co-host, Ryan, went out, um, you know, got super strung out, and he was on the run from drug court for like a month and a half, two months, and he finally turned himself in. And, um, they sent him to a 12 month residential program, um, in Santa Barbara, I believe it's a Santa Barbara rescue mission. So, um, you know, he's doing good now, but my co-host is like, you know, missing in action in a 12 month rehab. So that put a damper on things. And also, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm back in college, I'm getting my certification in addiction studies, getting my certifications in, um, audio technology and film technology trying to, I want to make like documentaries about, you know, the drug war the opioid epidemic and uh, the privatized prison industrial complex. And, you know, I'm getting my CSU or USC uh, requirements done to transfer to four year. I'm working the shitty job, you know, to maintain, pay my bills. And then I'm, uh, I'm volunteering at the five cities homeless coalition. So it's just been um, crazy. I've been super busy and, you know, with all this shit going on and I'm doing drug court. So, you know, i um, trying to, you know, I have 35 days left until I graduate drug court, once I'm off, um, I'll be able to upload these stories and these, uh, you know, podcasts and animations and all that. So I think at the moment we're going to upload or we're going to do animations of other stories. If you guys have a good dopey story you want us to animate, we're t- I'm totally down for that. That would be awesome. Um, so, and, uh, I just, oh, you know, one other thing is, um, I've been listening to dopey for, a long time. I think you know when you had your first 20 episodes up. I was actually on Prop 36 way back then and was listening to Dopey trying to get my life straight, you know, struggling, graduated Prop 36, still listening to Dopey, you know, went out, relapsed hard. Um and then got arrested and then got put on drug court and been listening to Dopey the whole time. So, you know, it's it's a process. You kind of got like, got to fall down a few times before you pick yourself up and, you know, get it right. But uh, anyway, uh, I want to keep this under 10 minutes. So I'm going to tell you guys a quick story about, uh, Kratom and drug court. So basically, um, I'm in drug court and they have these things called Mando funds. And basically a Mando fund is like, you know, um, a, a required like extracurricular activity. They make us do, you know, they'll take us bowling or, We'll go to a bonfire, or we'll just do something that's mandatory, and we all have to pay, chip in and pay for it. And you know, There's like 50 people in drug court. No one really wants to go, but you have to go. So this, this uh, particular Mando Fund was a place called Boomers. It's um, a miniature golf course. So everyone's got to you know, be there at like 5, and we play miniature golf and do go-karts. Or whatever, arcades. And um, so I pick up, you know, two of my buddies in drug court, they don't have a ride. So I pick them up and we're, um, we're about to head to... Uh to this Mando fund. Um, and I, I just gotten off work at my, the the job I used to have. And, uh, I'm, you know, dating this girl. I'm still, you know, I I got arrested and got put on drug court, but I'm still dating this girl and she's just completely strung out, you know, using in front of me all this crazy shit. So I am basically taking Kratom because, um, you know, it's helping me not relapse, you know? And, um, and everyone is on Kratom and drug court. Like, at least half of everybody in drug taking Kratom because they don't, at the time they're not testing for it and they don't really know anything about it. We're keeping it on the hush, you know, like don't tell the counselors we're taking Kratom cause then they're going to shut it down. So anyway, I'm getting off work and, uh, you know, I give my, my girlfriend had time to ride to downtown so she can go score or whatever, and she's just fucked off. And my, you know, my friends in drug quarters are like, "Wow, dude, you need to drop this chick." And you know, I have codependency issues at the time, so I'm just like, and I'm really bad at breakups. So, and she's, you know, she's threatening to kill herself and all this shit. So anyway, I get her, you know, drop her off downtown to do whatever she does, and we're on the, we get on the freeway and we head to the Mando Fund. And, um, while we're on the freeway, I'm like, fuck, I got to stop by my house and get some Kratom, you know? And everyone's hitting me up like, dude, you got Kratom, you got Kratom. I'm like the Kratom kingpin in fucking drug courts. You know, I buy kilos of Kratom online and I'm, you know, drinking it and you know, it's helping me maintain and not do uh, heroin. So, I stop by my house and I, I'm getting some kratom. I'm putting it in baggies and you know, mixing it up in orange juice. And, and I was like, I'm gonna gonna take kratom before I go to this sh- stupid Mando fun. And um, I'm with two friends in Court. One's name is Billy, who's our animator, and um, one is named Sean. Sean Boofy. Well, we call we nickname him Sean Boofy because uh, boofing is like basically turkey basting. It's the correct term for turkey basting. So we, I don't know what we call him that, but Sean Buffy and I and Billy, we we get off the freeway, stop at my house. I get a bunch of Kratom, drink some. And Billy's like, oh, get me some. So I make Billy a Kratom drink and he drinks some. And we, then we get, hop back on the freeway and head to this um, miniature golf course, Mando Fund or whatever. Anyway, um, we're in deadlock traffic and we're like, fuck, we're going to be late. You know, this is bullshit. And, um, in my, the corner of my eye, I look in the side mirror and a, a motorcycle just zooms past us like fast in between the cars voom, and we're like, fuck. And then Billy's like, dude, that's Kane. And Kane's a guy who's also in our drug court. And we're like, well, holy shit, dude, he's going way too fast. And then like two seconds later, another bike voom, just zooms past us. And we're like, I'm like, holy shit, that's Scott. And Scott's also in our drug court program. And we're like, what the fuck are they racing? Like going crazy fast. And I'm just thinking, wow. And before I could even, you know, think about it, you know, I look in my rear view mirror and there's a cop behind us with his lights on. And at first I thought he was going to pull me over because anytime you see a cop, I obviously think, oh, we're busted. <laughs> you know, um, even though Kratom's legal, I just I'm always paranoid. So I'm like, fuck. And so I get over. And he just goes past us. And then I see more cops and more cops just like trying to catch up. And they're trying to catch up to uh, Kane and Scott who are like, I figured out, I'm like, Oh shit. They're running from the cops on their motorcycles. And I'm like, Whoa, these fucking idiots, dude. And I just see cop after cop, just passing us, chasing them on the freeway. I look in the, the, uh, opposite end of the freeway where you know because we're going southbound i look on the northbound freeway and there's cops going that way trying to catch him and and i'm like holy shit so i look down the road and i see these cops chasing our friends in drug court and um kane and scott on who are on their motorcycles they get off on this exit and the cops are following them. so we're like our adrenaline's pumping they're like what the fuck turns out they were headed to this Mando Fund also, but they were racing on their bikes like idiots, and a cop finds them and starts coming after them, and they, and they don't pull over. They just start running, and they don't have drugs on them or anything. It's so stupid. What ends up happening is um, Kane and Scott get off on the exit. Um, Kane takes a left, and Scott takes a right, and on this exit, it's a, a back road, and one like heads basically in the same direction we're going, which is southbound, and... Scott turns and goes right on northbound. So they end up following Scott, his, uh, brakes lock up and they catch him and arrest him. You know, felony running from the police. I I don't know. It's a felony when you run from the cops, even it it could have been a simple traffic ticket, but they fucked up. So anyway, um, (laughs) Uh Kane takes a left, he goes all the way up, further down the road, and uh, stops at this gas station, gets off his, on his off on his bike and and starts walking, running, and he calls his friend and he 's like, "Hey, I need you to pick me up." I I didn't know this until later but his friend my our friend picks up Kane and takes him to the Mando Fun. So uh we we get to the Mando Fun. I'm on Kratom, Billy's on Kratom. I'm fucking passing Kratom around to all my other friends and they're drinking it and we're trying to play miniature golf but we're fucked off on Kratom. Um Billy is so fucked up. He's like sick. He's like laying into this grass, just like looking high as fuck. And I'm thinking, I'm just like fucking face palming. Like, oh my God, dude, we're so busted. I think my our, my counselor even saw me hand Kratom to another friend of mine in drug court, John. And I'm just like, fuck, this is all bad. So we're, but I'm still high on Kratom. Just like, oh, whatever. Fuck it. Anyways, um, <laughs> all these cops fucking start coming to boomers and they're like is cory or, or cheryl or, which is our counselors are they here and they go up and talk to him and they're looking for fucking i they picked up scott and i guess uh you know scott told him i'm on drug court and they're like who's that other guy on the bike and he's trying not to say and but they're looking for Kane. Because they know he's on drug court too. So Kane arrives later. He calls Corey and is like, hey, I'm running late. Um, <laughs> fucking, you know, my friend was picking me up. My car broke down or whatever bullshit story he's trying to make up. So, you know they're trying to question Kane and they can't really prove it's him. So it just, this whole, the whole Mando fund turned into a shit show. And our counselors still talk about it. Like it was the worst Mando fund ever. Cause you know, we got two people in drug court running from the cops. I'm just fucking slanging Kratom to everybody. And we're all fucked off. It turns out this other girl, In Drug Court, who's like this crazy ex-tweaker, we called her Ruthless Toothless because her two front teeth are missing (laughs) from smoking meth. She snitches everybody out and they're like, they're all on Kratom and shit. So uh, after the Mando Fund... um, our counselor, you know, we have a, uh, we have like three or four group meetings a week and he, you know, we're in group and he's like saying, you know, we're going to start testing for Kratom and, uh, you guys bet if you, anyone who's on Kratom better fucking stop. And I was like thinking, everyone's like, no, they can't test for Kratom. It turns out there is a drug test for Kratom, but it's like $125 for one test. So I just stopped taking Kratom. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not getting a sanction because sanctions, you go to jail. Any little thing in drug court, you miss a group, you're late, you act out, you get a dirty test, you're going to jail for however many days. They don't give a fuck. So, you know, they start just catching people, catching people left and right on Kratom. And everyone's just self-admitting, which is instead of getting a dirty, that you can self-admit and say, yeah, I use drugs. So everyone gets busted except me. I'm the only one they haven't caught and they want me bad. They want to catch me bad and they're trying to scare me into self-admitting. And I'm like, I wasn't, and you know, I've been passing on my drug tests cause I stopped taking Kratom and I'm like, no dude, I'm not taking Kratom. And finally, you know, long story short, I could get into it more, but, uh, I start taking Kratom again. Cause I'm thinking, dude, they don't have a test for Kratom, blah, blah, blah. turns out they do. And they test me for Kratom and I pop a dirty for Kratom. Um, and I go and do a seven day sanction in jail, and then you know, fast track my my drug court, and uh, this is a full fucking mess. And one other funny thing is, uh, my probation officer at the time calls me, and she's like, you know, after I got it dirty, and she's like, hey, I want I need you to come into the probation office, and I'm like, well, why? And they're like, it's about the results of your last drug test. So I'm thinking, oh, this is not good, you know. And they're like, um, when can you when can you come in? Can you come in at twelve? And I'm like, well, no. I can't come in at 12, I have a meeting at, at the center, and the center is kind of like this local Planned Parenthood, and they're like, well, why? what's wrong, are you okay, why do you have an appointment at the center? I'm like, yeah, well, um, I have syphilis, so I need to go get an antibiotic shot. To get rid of this, you know, and they're like, okay, okay, we'll take care of that and then come in. Because it turns out my crazy, dirty girlfriend at the time gave me syphilis. <laughs> so I had to go in, get a shot for syphilis, and then go and see my probation officer, and they put me in cuffs and took me to jail. And then I did seven days. My syphilis is gone, by the way. Uh, so, you know, it's embarrassing, but I don't really give a fuck, you know. And then I did seven days and then I went back and now I'm doing good. So that's. You know the shortest version of that story I could tell. Um, I and and funny thing is, everyone stopped taking kratom, but after everyone got off kratom, everyone started relapsing because they didn't have that crutch. You know, um, I relapsed hard, and I have a whole nother other story I want to tell you guys about my my relapse slash overdose Narcan story. And that story, there's actually a picture I took, and it's the dopey hat that Dave sent me and it's just a piles and piles of all these drugs. I had, I had like black tar, I had China. what they said was China white. And it was definitely fentanyl. I had Coke. I had meth. I had Molly, all in these baggies all around this dopey hat that I took a picture of. So I'll tell that story another time. Anyway, you guys, I'm going to, I'm going to end it now. Cause it's, it's been way too long. Uh, you know, I love you guys. You guys are doing a great job. Uh, I'm doing good right now. Um, you know, a fucking a I got I, yeah anyway I got a lot of stories I would like to tell you if you guys want me to come on and I could talk about what it's like being in drug court I'd love to do that um but you know this has been long enough I'll keep it short i as short as I can um but yeah if you guys are struggling out there just remember um it always gets better it's been. I've been doing great, um, being clean, and um, if I'm gonna, you know, set up all these um, our email and everything, and you know, I'll, I'm down to reach out to anybody. So, anyways, I love you guys and take care,
1: Uncle Albert.
0: We're so sorry.
1: What's what does that,
0: Uncle mean? Albert?
1: Uncle Albert. They. Um, I just you know it was long that story. Have you
0: ever Roberts. heard the word kratom that many times?
1: Kratom, isn't he called Kratom?
0: No, kratom. He says we call it kratom because we don't know what kratom. it is. <laughs>
1: yeah, <great. laughs> or Mando fun?
0: Mando fun. I man. Mando
1: fun. I'm like, I feel like everything I do in my life is Mando fun. Do you really? <laughs> like this is fun, but like everything else, like in my life, with like Manny your
0: dinners and, like, with Olya or Mando fun, dude. <laughs> Mando. I feel like I feel like those two fucking.
1: I actually had fun.
0: The the bikers were the ones really having the Mando fun. The cops were like, "We're going to chase you on your bikes, so and we're going to call this Mando fun."
1: <laughs> no, but don't you ever feel like that in your life that you're just like all the things that you just need to show up for? They're all Mando fun. So
0: Can I just tell you something about myself? I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't have that problem.
1: You mean when you go to the baseball game and you're a chaperone? That's not Mando fun.
0: No, it's like, um, I look for the good time. You find it. Yeah, that's how I am. Like, Silver lining. I just, I love the story. I find there's always, like, I don't want to go, but I...
1: Like a story I, to tell somebody later? Yeah,
0: like, I know that it's going to be...
1: Everything is material.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about it. But I also feel like, because I had so much time doing zero, it's like when Todd went away... He was so excited to do everything because he didn't do anything for so long. Yeah. So when I'm forced to do something, I just fucking suck it up. No, ma- The question is, though, Uncle Albert, does the court call it Mando Fun or do they call it mandatory fun?
1: I think I think it's the clients probably created. I'm just guessing the term Mando Fun and then like the counselors probably play along.
0: I think that would be a great man name.
1: Mando Fun.
0: Yeah. It sounds like some Japanese you know what I think product.
1: Would be a good band name. I might have said this in Dopey before. Low Frustration Tolerance.
0: It's not a good band name. LFT. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's like the worst band name in the history I of I love names. it. I
1: think it's great. Uh,
0: Low fr- that's not a good band name. Mando Fun that. is a good band name. Mando
1: Fun's pretty good. Anyways, the voicemail was really long. Um, there were some great highlights in it. But like, I also just think it was a voyeuristic glimpse into what drug court's like for people who are listening that aren't familiar with it. Pretty
0: crazy. I don't remember seeing that picture with the dopey hat and all the drugs.
1: I don't remember seeing that either. I used I to hear. and been like, what are we doing?
0: <laughs> I used to hear from Uncle Albert all the time, and I love the idea of that Nod Squad idea, and I love the name. I also just always thought that um, originally I had hoped that Dopey would be uh, an animated show. So, Uncle Albert, if you want an animated Dopey story, like. Let's do it. But I, I know that, like, it's very hard to animate anything, and it's going to take you so much time. But you we love to, it. You
1: probably need to tell a story. It
0: um, needs to be short.
1: needs to be short, fast, funny, funny. stick to the story 80% of the time, not too many asides. I this would
0: love area. for, um, to do the seizure story animated with Todd.
1: Yeah.
0: I would love that. Yeah. Um. But I love to hear from Uncle Albert. The only thing is, we don't want voicemails that long. It's too long. Come yeah, on. It was
1: actually, I told you that voicemail was 14 minutes, but it was actually almost 18 minutes. Really? <laughs> yeah, I lied to you. Why did
0: you do that? Because
1: I know 14 minutes is about the most that you'll accept. If I say it was 18 minutes, what would you say?
0: Don't play it.
1: But 14 minutes is like, that's like pushing it, or it's like, maybe. I know you very well. You think so? Yeah. What's, 18 minutes, you would have shut that thing down. What's out.
0: my best quality?
1: Your neuroticism.
0: It is. What's my worst quality?
1: Your neuroticism. Thank you. Yeah.
0: All right, here we go. What are we doing? I'm gonna read an
1: email. Uh, which oh, you're doing the new one we yeah. got. We got a very critical email, but it was weird because it was like critical, but it was maybe trying to be constructive. What'd you say? I don't know. I'm gonna. He read was it. like saying, "I like your show, but I hate everything about it. And I
0: hate you guys, <laughs> yeah,
1: basically."
0: Uh, hey, he doesn't even say, "Hey, Chris and Dave," or he "Dave says, and Chris." Hey. Hey, I've been listening to Dopey for a couple of months now. I found the podcast while waiting for a bed at a detox downtown. Can you imagine? Can you imagine (laughs) you're fucking going to detox and you have your phone and you're like, I feel kind of lonely <laughs> I'm gonna Find me a heroin podcast And then And then it's like Dopey Oh yeah That sounds interesting That's a really cool logo yeah. And then they listen to us Telling some dumb Fucking story Homophobic well, story If they
1: search for If you search for heroin Do we The first thing that shows up I don't know In the iTunes Anyways continue the thing No 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 do it Heroin We're number one Yeah What happened? We're number one What does it say I typed in heroin in the uh, iTunes thing, and we came up first. Heroin Podcast. And then there's Heroin Uncut, Say Why to Drugs, Planet Money, Disgraceland.
0: On mine, we come up number... Holy shit. The best heroin podcasts of 2018 from Player FM. Let's see what it is. You know what it isn't?
1: Yeah, but that might just be like a... Like a not a bot, but it might just be like... That might not be something that's actually published. They just take your Google search and turn it into like a fucking...
0: It case. says heroin uncut is a blunt, honest look at the opioid crisis. Yeah, that's, that's this Recovering fabulous. drug addict Jay Lasseter. He Lassiter. doesn't even
1: do it anymore. He doesn't even do it anymore.
0: And then we're three.
1: Read the fucking thing, all right?
0: All right, back to the letter.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I found the... Again, let's imagine this guy waiting for a bed and deciding... Start to from list. the beginning. What episode do you Start, think he listened uh, to? Right,
1: right, right. Start from the beginning and flow no i like interrupting the email i need i can't i lost track of where we at He's uh, he's waiting for his detox bed um hey hey. what are you doing is that holding the microphone like that
0: i've been listening to dopey for a couple of months now i found the podcast while waiting for a bed at detox downtown all right john tell us what episode it was i was there again three weeks later and since then i've been struggling to stay clean
1: you, just read it like a normal human being. I don't even know if you're pretending to do his voice or if you're actually you're doing side commentary. <laughs> what are you talking just about? Normal.
0: I'm, I'm reading. Just God. shut up. <laughs> to fuck. I was there again three weeks later, <laughs> and since then I've been struggling to stay clean, using a couple of times per week, in with sort of perpetual mild withdrawals. Mm. That's something else Todd was saying. When he, like, when the last time he got clean, he was like, I barely got sick. You know, he, every is time, he proud of it. every what? time he would, he would clean up, he would be like, it wasn't that bad at all. He would always say that to yeah. me. A couple of things. Farts, farts and burps are disgusting and unprofessional. Dave is right. Kratom, or Kratom, is nothing like Suboxone. Except for the fact that it activates opioid receptors. Kratom, or Kratom, is short-acting and weaker, while bup is longer-acting and much stronger. Plus, the antagonist. Consider dosing Suboxone during detox. I'm too close? One would have to double or triple the frequency of administration working with something like Kratom. When I lived in Gramercy Park, getting bundles delivered daily, Kratom was one of the ways I was able to quit. But it's like, dumbass, once you're quitting with Kratom, you have Kratom.
1: It's like, Kratom. It's like
0: my, my garden is infected with aphids, so I bought 1,500 ladybugs. But now, guess what my garden's infested with? Ladybugs. Well, they're all gone. The aphids are still running the show over there. But the point, you understand the point. I don't know about Kratom. Do you know anything about Kratom? Just continue. You don't even know how to Just pronounce
1: continue it. Continue the email.
0: The vaporizer is annoying. Plus, how are you kidding yourself that you're clean but sucking on that thing all day? Both of you have idiosyncrasies that come through in the show. And whether annoying or endearing, they make the show what it is. Dave's apathy can be discouraging. The stories are the best. When am I fucking apathetic? Did he call
1: anything specific out about me?
0: That your farting and burping is disgusting.
1: Do you burp? Don't you?
0: I burp i during. Yeah, sometimes I don't do it loud and proud like you do.
1: So he's worried about my farting, my burping, and my vaping, and You're my apathy. apathy.
0: What is? So when do I? You when know, am I just ever don't apathetic? Give a shit. About what?
1: You just don't care about anything. That's the whole point. You're like, what do I not give a shit about? <laughs> the not answer is nothing. You?
0: Let me ask you this. <laughs> about what? Let me, <laughs> what? <laughs> Let me ask you this though. Seriously. Yeah. Just be straight with me for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you're – are you not capable of being straight right now?
1: I am. I'm listening.
0: You're in that mode. Oh, no, I'm listening. I'm when kidding. have I – literally. When – I'm not – I think he's got us confused. I'm never <laughs> apathetic. You're apathetic. <laughs> when am I ever apathetic? I always care.
1: You don't care about people's feelings. I think I'm apathetic to just life as a whole. <laughs> like I don't I lack a lot of firm opinions on things, but I really need people to like me. And I don't want to hurt their feelings. What, you, what does that have to do with this? I'm you're asking, apathetic. I people's feelings. You don't care. You'll trample all over their heart. <laughs> that's
0: not true. <laughs> do you think that's what he's talking about? Probably, yeah. So you're saying that my my apathy... And you're really talking about you. No, so about saying, you. So you're saying my apathy... Remember what you
1: said about those Canadians and all that stuff?
0: I stand by that stuff. <laughs> um... You have you haven't talked. This guy hates us. I don't know why he doesn't <laughs> no, like us. Okay. I
1: read this and I was like, why is he even emailing?
0: <laughs> why do you think I love these emails? These like are your favorite. You yeah. love this stuff. You haven't talked about detox and withdrawals enough. We're,
1: literally, I mean, there's no way he's listened attentively to the whole show. We've probably spent.
0: Hours
1: <laughs> going, hours talking about detox and withdrawals.
0: You think so? Yeah. You do
1: the tennis ball story. I mean, there's so many detox stories. That's true. Yeah.
0: After all, that's the reason addicts stay addicted. Truly. Is why. Withdrawal and detox. Oh. After uh, truly, I'm curious. Wait, wait, wait,
1: is it stay addicted because they're trying to avoid withdrawals and detox?
0: He, he, doesn't, he doesn't explain Doesn't make
1: sense it's because yeah. the truth is that then you can give anybody – you can get anybody strung out and then they go to detox and they withdraw and they don't use again. It's much more than that. That's
0: not what he's saying. What is he saying? He's saying you haven't talked about detox and withdrawals enough. After all, that's the reason addicts stay addicted truly. Why? He's saying because it, detox is is so painful and withdrawal is so uncomfortable that that's you, not
1: true. Then, then you don't understand addiction. Who me? It's the phenomenon of craving, and then well, the phenomenon of craving, is <laughs> you know, fucking you. You need to go to detox. You need to withdraw. Then your blood is clean. You're fine. And what happens? The obsession to use hits. That's what makes addiction. That's what it. That's what it is. What's this fucking guy's name? Not I that. don't even know what he's talking.
0: About. Good for you. I like you bashing this reader. <laughs> yeah. This writer, okay. I'm curious what remedies you've encountered, personally, and on the street, and about your own experiences. Ever chase the dragon?
1: Is that what he put?
0: What do you think of? De- <laughs> is your favorite question of
1: decriminalization? We've been asked that a thousand times. Why do people care? <laughs> I just don't... That's my
0: apathy. <laughs> I don't fucking care about I it. I
1: support it. I'm pro detox. Oh, you're so... Nobody cares. So what have I ever done? What are some weird shit I've done to detox? Nothing. I mean, there's no crap. I mean, I was on Suboxone for years.
0: I've done a million.
1: Um, oh, I tried Kava Kava. I'm going to try that bullshit sometimes. I
0: did Kava Kava in the, in the rehab community in Del Rey. I figure, It doesn't
1: really do anything.
0: I figured Kratom was the same thing, but I guess it's not. No,
1: Kratom's an opiate. Kava's more like a benzo.
0: Kava's nothing. It's nothing. Kava's disgusting <laughs> it's nothing. tea. It's
1: nothing. I was in Arizona. When I was in Arizona. I was in California. Uh, I wasn't even dope sick. I... I I wanted to shoot dope. This wasn't even a way to avoid withdrawals, but I'm going to tell it anyways. And my girlfriend's ex-husband was a veterinarian and she she had all sorts of like syringes and drugs for things. And so I was looking, I was like hoping he had ketamine, you know, and it was like she was living in their house, like he had moved out and stuff, you know? And so I was looking through the things and I, I found this shit called Telazol, T-E-L-A-Z-O-L. Yes. And it's like what he would use in lieu of ketamine to knock out their animals I didn't even know anything about it. I didn't research dosages, and I would just mainline it. And I'd mainline it, and then just wake up an hour later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, they're probably not using this on big animals, because I don't really go out (laughs) nearly long enough.
1: Well, I remember I was like 20 units. I was like, it can't be too much.
0: (laughs) So you were shooting the telazole and you didn't find it particularly effective?
1: No, I just pass out and wake up. Like, lose time.
0: I, um, let's see, uh, you know, I I was going to tell a story, but I forgot what it was. Um, you know, it reminds me of, there was a story that I can't think of, you know, I, I, oh yeah. I mean, this is so stupid. This is such a fucking pussy answer, but it's something I always want to talk about, which is like, I've, I've been in withdrawal, like if you add it all up for months, you know, I would get in withdrawal all the time and like, and I would always do the same thing. Like, First I would like try to pretend I was like in train spotting and I would go out and I would get all the remedies. I'd get ice cream and chocolate and pills and weed. And like, I would be like, first I'm going to take as many benzos as I can. And then I'm going to smoke pot to be relaxed and sleep. And then I'm going to smoke pot and then I'm going to watch movies and then I'm going to eat ice cream. You're going to like it, you know, and then like, you know, six hours in, I'm like I'm am so. fucking sick. I'm gonna go get dope. <laughs> yeah. I'd be watching a movie. I'd be like all upset, yeah. and then and then something would happen in the movie, and I'd be like, "That's it. That's all I can stand. What? And I like can't stand." Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would get. And I'd be like. I, and I'd be like, fine. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go get dope. And then I would get the dope and I would be and like – But you
1: basically had taken more benzos than you normally yeah, so yeah. you are just getting higher than you yeah. normally would. And, and
0: yeah. My, and my resolve was totally lowered. Okay. But then the other thing that I always want to talk about on doping and I, I don't think it's particularly profound.
1: <laughs> you do, you to, hold on. Before you continue, you know how many times in the last year, two years, I've been like, I'm going to start a rigorous diet.
0: <laughs> I, 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 you
1: know, I'll be like, and I'll be like, I'm gonna do. I'm trying to do the water fast. I'm gonna do the water fast. I'm gonna nothing but water for three days, right? And I'll start it in the morning, and it'll literally be like, I'll have breakfast, and then i be like, I'm starting the water fast, right? And it'll literally. Be, like, Let me get a sh- side order little, of short stack, it'll please. It'll, it'll be like three hours have passed, and I'll be like. I'm starving. <laughs> oh God, I'll be
2: like,
1: if I didn't start the water fast, I wouldn't even be hungry yet.
0: <laughs>
1: like, I'm famished.
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: Yeah. Anyways, what was the other thing?
0: Well, when I, whenever I would get sick and it's like, also the only way that I could really withdraw myself is I needed to be broke. Yeah. Like, I needed to be.
1: You have no way to get it.
0: Yeah. I needed to be totally broke. Yeah or like and i would always try to like sequester myself i mean there were other there were todd stories where i would go upstate to to lock myself in my parents house and then like within like 7 hours i'd call todd and beg him to drive me home and i'd yeah. be like bribing him with box sets of cd's yeah. and stuff but the the tool my favorite tool my favorite tandem tool for for dealing with withdrawal was weed and the shower The shower, hot. I would get into the shower and I would put on records and I would literally stay in the shower for hours when I was sick. Like I would be, I'd have the chills and I would feel terrible inside and I would pretend that my shower was like a spa. And I thought, I was like, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've got this amazing spa in my apartment. <laughs> and I would get in, and I would be like, oh, yeah. And i just put on some music, and I'd be like, does it get any better than this? And, like, my dad's shower, it's, like, the worst shower. It's,
1: it's literally, yeah, I've used it. It's horrible. It's like, it's and beautiful. there's my
0: poor dad. He doesn't have the spa at home. <laughs> yeah. He lives in the fucking gulag or yeah. some shit. It's terrible. Yeah,
1: it's like a trinkle.
0: So I, I think that, like then the other thing that i truly believe it's like if you're on heroin and you're withdrawing i really recommend going to detox
1: yeah i i, I just doesn't work
0: you can get through it but oh, it's no, like, i'm
1: saying people do but i for me i had to be like you know sent away
0: and then also this i can i recall this very well that it was that story it was that that story you were referring to that tennis ball story yeah and i got kicked out of the detox because i had used in the detox while i was
1: holding yourself
0: yeah yeah while i was blocked on the naloxone
1: you just wasted
0: it yeah and uh and i go home and i'm still sick yeah and i remember i like smoked a shitload of weed got in the hot shower and I did it, and I, and I got better. I, I think I watched the entire series of Lost. That's yeah. the other tool, is television. Yeah. You know, I think I watched the entire series of Lost. And I think I was clean for, like, a week. And, like, the withdrawal was done. And I think the day was June 4th. And I was like, I've gotten this all out of my system. This is years and years yeah. and years ago. And I've gotten it all out of my system but i want to but i'm clean now so, so you i want to do one last time yeah so i so i and i and it was california they didn't have you couldn't buy needles in the in the yeah, pharmacy it was a pain in the ass. and like i had all these kind of old needles and yeah. stuff and i went and i copped at this uh you know california's funny it's got all those weird like burger restaurants on the side of the road yeah. that's a pastrami melt on the yeah. side and shit i went to one of those i met some mexican guy sold me some fucking tar like a big piece, you know. It wasn't like little balloons. Big piece, yeah. and I came home and I mixed it up and I cooked it and I draw it up to the needle and I and I found a vein and I pull back and the needle was jammed. Ugh, you know, and this, this is, is after I hadn't used. This is after yeah. I got clean.
1: Yeah.
0: And I and I and I pull a little bit more back and it's full of blood. It's taking I, it, but yeah, it won't go in. Yeah. Yeah. It's taking, but it won't give it, it back. back. And, I, and I and it's jammed. And
1: I'm like, you motherfucker! I didn't have. And you it. have to hurry up and use it now. Yeah. It's coagulated. Yeah. You know? And
0: there's no other needle. Yeah. There's no like place to go. So you can like,
1: sometimes go in and out and in and out if there's a little place. I
0: tried that. <laughs> I got to the end of the whole thing, and I was just like, motherfucker! So I just said, fuck it, and I bit the whole end of the needle off. I bit the needle and the plastic tip yeah. off. Ripped it off with my mouth. Yeah. Spit it into the thing. And took the fucking bloody dope mix yeah. and shot no, it up my nose. nose. Shot it up my nose. It's and I hadn't done dope. Yeah. And, and I got fucking high as shit yeah. because I hadn't done dope in a month. Yeah. You know. But then I was like, I was like, I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. I was like, this is not the way I wanted to end my career. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But then, then I remember me and Jenny, we left California. We moved to Burlington. It was like the day before we were moving Burlington, Vermont. Vermont yeah. And there's a day before we were using and I leaving and I didn't want to like find a connection in Burlington. Yeah. And that was the last time for, for years. Yeah. But like I had gotten clean. Yeah. I didn't have withdrawal. Yeah. The phenomenon of craving
1: had become a compulsion yeah. and it wasn't a physical. No, the craving. phenomenon of craving and the compulsion those are the physical piece that you address in detox. Once you're, re- you're removed and your blood's clean, that's the obsession. Right. The obsession But the obsession the can blood. totally... And this is just AA language. Well,
0: yeah. but the obsession can totally... Uh...
1: That's what makes us an addict. That's what differentiates us from tolerance and withdrawal. Any person can get tolerance withdrawal. Any person can need to go to detox. It's when they leave detox and their blood is clean and they're like, hmm, maybe I should use again.
0: But it's more than that. What about that... That th- what did you what are the what's the words you used? Not it's not craving, but it's uh, a compulsion.
1: Is the obsession of the compulsion? The, the compulsion is when you get physically sick. Right. The
0: obsession of the mind.
1: The obsession of the mind. The right.
0: Obsession. So, but I'm saying how amazing it is that the obsession of the mind becomes a chameleon for the compulsion of the body, and you become yeah, so obsessed yeah. with the thought that you actually feel like you're sick
1: even though you're not yeah you know it's so weird because even to today we need to wrap it up but even (coughs) to this day I always think about shooting coke was like probably would be this with dope too if I didn't I gravitated to shooting coke the most but if I just think about shooting coke enough I talked about this with my sponsor like if I just visualize it even right now, if I sat here and just did it over and over, and thought of registering the clear, the syringe full of clear stuff, and I thought of registering and pushing into my vein, I can literally start. My heart rate goes up, and I can start sweating. Do you know what I mean? And it's like a stain, and like I don't play with it anymore. When I was first got sober, I'd play with it. Sometimes. We'd
0: play with that thought. Yeah. Well, today when that fucking guy showed up at work, yeah. Like that's a fucking that's a crazy 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 moment.
1: Yeah, it's pretty wild. You
0: know, and I and he had
1: all did he these get digits. Yeah, <laughs> and he had
0: uh, he had all these rings on his fingers, right? And he always did. Yeah. And I remember when, like, because I had a weird relationship with him. Like, you know, I always had money when I was using with him, and I would I would be like, I'm not going to meet you anywhere. I'd be like, you can take a cab, and I will pay for it. And you come to my apartment and you will come upstairs because I'm not taking a risk for a second. Yeah. You know, and he would, you know, and like, and he loved it yeah. because it was so convenient for him. He probably kept the money, he didn't take yeah. a cab, whatever. But I was like, this is what we're doing because mm. I am not getting to you protect busted. yourself, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember we would hang out and he would like always want to give me a, a pound. Yeah. And he would wear all these rings, <laughs> you know, and it always hurt when I mm-hmm. gave him the pound and I saw him today And the first thing was I felt that feeling like I remember I would run into him on the street when I wasn't planning on using and just seeing him. I'd have to buy it. Yeah. You know, and then that was kind of the first thought I had when I saw him today was this weird I could get some. Yeah. You know, and then I was like, this fucker is going to come here, you know, at this point. And And then I got angry and then I was like, you know, he's like friend requested me on Facebook you know all this stuff, and I'm just like I'm not playing this stupid game with him. Yeah, you know, like I, I he was a nice guy. Yeah, but like I don't need to be his friend. I don't need to talk to him. I don't need fucking shit. It was just so funny. Even just even talking about it now, seeing those rings, feeling the pain of the pound, and then imagining the, the a, a needle or or getting high or the the taste. The other thing, like I, I love this email because. You know, however many times we talk about detox and withdrawal, it's like, it's not enough. It's like, withdrawal is the thing that, I mean, I I agree with you. I I think that... Withdrawal
1: is the reason people stay on Suboxone and Methadone Dr. Drew is this crazy anti-Suboxone guy. He's anti-Methadone. He's he's not really as anti-Suboxone. Have you
0: heard his new thing about Suboxone? He's got some long thing. Really?
1: Yeah. He was he's not like he he said he wasn't interested in working with people but he wants a full recovery or something at
0: least. I just think Suboxone. I'm pro
1: suboxone I mean I'm, I mean, I'm with an I think it's
0: interesting how like you, you decide that you're pro or you're anti I know, and, it's stupid. I, I just don't know like like and, and and I think this might be the apathy he's talking about. I don't give a shit about legalization because like whatever happens will happen and it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. You know, like do I care if it's like I would have loved it if if Todd uh had, you know, he would if there was a safe injection site, if there was legal dope, whatever, he never in a million years would get high in a safe injection site. In a million years. Yeah. If 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 it was regulated, that's not how he was yeah he didn't you you and i would like live there we would yeah. know everybody would be slapping people yeah. five <laughs> on the way in yeah nodding on the way out you know the ambulance would come but we'd be safe you know what i mean yeah. todd doesn't like that yeah. you know todd wants to go home he wants to do his thing he wants yeah. to do it on his terms you know so i feel like i don't have an opinion about legalization because i'm clean yeah you know and whatever that means. Like, I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like legal weed. Great.
1: Sounds so apathetic right now.
0: I know. (laughs) What do you think that's about?
1: I get what you're saying. Where that's coming from. I I get exhausted. I mean, I have opinions about stuff, but like, I'm not going to like go crazy defending them and stuff.
0: I don't have any opinions about legalization. I think there's reasons why it could be good and there's reasons why it wouldn't be. Yeah. i I'm more support it than don't support it, but I feel for drug addicts. You know what I mean? Like I feel for drug addicts that have to like walk past like the fucking weed spot and like you know like
1: yeah, t- July first they're opening their first just, uh, legal dispensary in Boston. Well, there it's you opening go, opening its door
0: recreational.
1: Recreational
0: Yeah I was telling my dad That it wasn't true But I guess he was right
1: Yeah July 1st It's been legal for like Almost a year and a half Two years But it's just taken A long time for them To open it Well then how come Why couldn't Todd
0: Why couldn't Todd Get the recreational bud up there
1: July 1st Is the first time It's open Why didn't he just stay I don't know But it's It literally hasn't opened yet And then why It's it's in Boston That's not in in Western Why are the reviews So fucked up I don't know Read a review And then we gotta be done
0: this is We're the best review it. I've read ever it. read. Read it. Hit me with it. You ready? Yep. This review is from J.J. Sieg on June 19th. Gives us a five-star review, and he says, How can I send a voice memo?
1: <laughs> <laughs> How are you supposed to respond
0: to <laughs> J.J., Record it on your phone and email it to Dopey seven Podcast. Minutes.
1: Make sure that if the sound quality is good because we won't play it. Literally, if there's a shitty voice, mode with the sound quality is good, I'm more apt to play it than if it's like... I just hate it when it's like fucking sounds like they're in a fucking airplane or something. Just try to keep it under seven minutes. Try please. to keep it under seven minutes. Um, drop us a review on iTunes. Like us on Twitter or follow us on Twitter or follow us on Instagram or like us on Facebook and follow us on Reddit and... Uh, well, we have t-shirts, DopeyPodcast.com. I don't even know if the store is still working. Why don't you guys test it out? Yeah. Buy a tank top I and think send we forgot pictures. to do a secure socket or something. No, it's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to read another review. This is from Fix Madden, May 23rd, 2018. Love the show. Stay strong.
1: That's a good one.
0: I'm going to read another
1: one. Did you? I told you what happened with the store, right? No. Dude, with the with the website. No. So remember how we were like contributing stories in the beginning, like when, yeah. I, when we started, like two years ago. Well, I wrote a story. No, I know this story. You're, I wrote a story. You've told this story on the show. Oh, okay. Tell.
0: What I want you to do, I don't want you to get, I don't want to stop yet. Oh, okay. I want you to read that Reddit thread.
1: Oh, you have to read it.
0: Okay. Well, give it to me.
1: I'll
0: open it up. Well, where are we at?
1: We're done. Where are we at? An hour and 15 minutes. All
0: right. Theo Vaughn... You have to
1: set it up between the different voices. So say this person, this person.
0: Theo Vaughn as a guest. This is from Dopey Superfan, yeah. Souls of Dead Animals. Hey, guys, reach out to Theo Vaughn. He's been sober, I think, a couple of years and would be a great guest. And I can see him actually doing it. Then fuck Von says... Theo Vaughn would be amazing on the podcast. The dopey guys also could get in touch with Joe Rogan. That'd be awesome. Then, Souls of Dead Animals, who started this thread, by the way, says, I swear that is the most out of touch thing I've ever seen since that idiot suggested they could get a phoner with Artie from prison. And then, Fuckavon writes back, Oh, get off your high horse, asshole. And then Souls of Dead Animals says, I don't fucking ride horses, dickhead. You suggested one of the busiest, most famous people on entertainment. They have a better chance of getting Trump than Rogan. Then Fuckavon says, Untrue. They've had Paul Gilmartin on, who has way more subscribers than Dave and Chris. (laughs) Dr. Drew, who's busy as fuck. It would be at least worth the try to get Rogan, especially if they get Theo Vaughn, who, by the way, is Rogan's friend. Do you even put any thought before you make comments, or do you just get mad and lash out? Then Souls of Dead Animals responds, you're still just so wrong. Paul Gilmartin is a nobody. That doesn't mean shit that he did it. Dr. Drew is the biggest whore there is. He does every podcast. The only reason they got him is the backstory with Chris and because Bob Forrest is so accessible. Theo is accessible and is into helping people, and he still won't ever do the podcast, and it probably won't ever pass his radar. Also, Theo would never even tell Joe about the podcast if he did do it. Joe's good friends talk about how they are afraid to ask him to do their shows because he would even tell them no. I'm telling you, I wouldn't have gotten annoyed if you said anyone other than Joe. I'm too drunk to keep typing this message, but fuck you, dude. Do not like you. <laughs> hey, man, you're right. This is fuck Hey, man, you're right. I was in the wrong. I'm just a big fan of the Joe Rogan experience, and I was hoping they could get him on the show because I really like Dopey, and I want it to get better. I shouldn't have been an asshole. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Souls of Dead Animals writes, Haha, no, I'm sorry. I'm a miserable person. We both want the same. I'm embarrassed and remembered I'm talking to a person.
1: <laughs> I love how that's like you're the biggest, stupidest fuck face. I absolutely fucking hate you. you you're a fucking fuck idiot. Face. I'm sorry. You seem like a good person. We want the same things.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's really Dopey's effect on the yeah. Dopey Nation. It's like after everything is said and done, we bring people together. And, like, dude, let me just say this. That fucking email it seemed like they didn't really like us that much. You know, they didn't like They found me to be apathetic.
1: It took a long time to write it. Which
0: I found. That maybe I, re- I actually am kind of apathetic. But I figure, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about things that are important. I just don't think legalization, in my opinion, is important. Anyway, this John, though, I I just found... And by the way, Chris, have you ever chased the the dragon?
1: I did. uh, In the very beginning, one of the first few times I did heroin, (sighs) uh, I smoked it. How could they think chasing the dragon is a good idea? Chasing the dragon is just getting high, though. Like, what what does he mean? It's not like a tactic to ward off withdrawals. It's just getting high. It's smoking heroin. I know, but I just can't even, like... I've never had a more wasteful
0: process of getting high than chasing oh, a yeah. dragon.
1: Yeah, yeah, super. But I remember chasing it, and I, this guy did it for me, and I'd already shot dope, but somebody had shot me up, um, and I was drunk, and I got really fucking high. That's the end of the story. <laughs> when I, when Todd, but yeah, that, that was like one of the only times I chased it.
0: I sniffed a lot of dope when I was, like, 15. I sniffed a ton of dope with Todd, and and when Todd lived in Venice Beach, uh, and he wasn't on dope, I went out there in withdrawal. I, I flew to Los Angeles to visit him in withdrawal, and then I tracked down dope. Remember the Del Taco Breakfast Club story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tracked down the dope, went back to his house. It was tar, and I was like, yo, man, let's chase the dragon B. yeah and he was like oh yeah so we got the tinfoil They got the sure. tinfoil and we made the tinfoil pipe and i'm like burning it and it's like you know the whole thing and it's sliding down <laughs> the thing and the sm- and i'm getting some, and i'm losing i'm watching all this smoke that i'm not getting yeah and i'm like what i'm just like, <laughs> this is, what's happening i was like how could this happen And then I'd be like trying to get to to smoke the, 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 the line of the tar. And it's, and and it was, yeah, I'd be like, this is the the worst method. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, the best method, and this is not good, you know, information. (laughs) Well, no, if you're too scared to shoot dope. The Afrin bottle. The Afrin bottle. Yeah. It's just, you get every, every, every little bit.
1: All right, let's wrap this shit up, man. But even better, gotta take some Benadryl. Even and go sleep. better, I'm sleeping on your couch. Even use my night. dad's
0: couch. I am yeah. sleeping on the air mattress. Yeah. Even better than um, the ben- the Afrin bottle. The <laughs> even better than the Benadryl is the Nyquil. <laughs> even better than the than the Afrin bottle. Than the Afrin bottle is is sweet recovery because because uh. we have so much fun, yeah. you know. And I, I just think that you guys don't realize all the fun you could be having. Yeah. I think we have a lot of fun. Totally. Don't we have a lot of fun? Yeah, I have a lot of fun. You have that mando fun, but I have that real fun. No. I have that fire fun. No. Mando fun. Alright,
1: we gotta wrap this shit up, man. I gotta go to bed. I'm tired, I man. I got mando fun tomorrow night. I got mando work. What's your some, mando fun tomorrow night? Some birthday party I gotta go to. Is it Oya's? Mexican restaurant. <laughs> yeah it's um no. Doesn't tomorrow mark the
0: eighteen month anniversary of uh uh, sleeping... What is it? Rough sleeping? Oh, um... Sleeping rough?
1: Lonely space. Lonely space? They, uh... No.
0: Has Olya ever seen Frank again? No. You should bring those two back together. I can I see Olya dating I seen, Frank. I haven't yet. seen
1: fucking Frank. Well... I don't, live in the nor- I don't live in that area anymore. I moved.
0: You should go see Frank. And I avoided
1: him. I fucking avoided him like the plague. You know what you should do? Year.
0: You should get a flash drive. And like, put something else on it, and, <laughs> <laughs> and go track him down.
1: Like, I got it for you. Yeah. <laughs> or just like upload it to YouTube, and it'll be like a minute of him talking, and then it'll just start like glitching out. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: Stay strong, my brothers and sisters in and out of recovery. And if you're uh, if you're sober, stay that way. And if you're not, give it a shot. You fucking pussies. You gotta
1: tell the Ishmael story next time.
0: I just want to say this that drug addicts who don't get sober are fucking pussies. I said it.
1: Okay.
0: Especially you, John Roberts.
1: Who's John Roberts?
0: He's the guy who said I was apathetic. Look at you with the sunglasses. Let's see. Are they prescription? What is that?
1: Benadryl? And what else? Yeah. Um, they're not prescription. Alright,
0: stay strong, Dopey Nation, and toodle. I'm, uh, I'm gonna take pills now. I wanna take
1: a walk around
0: the world. I
1: wonder would
0: it do
3: me any good Until I get some money in my pocket Then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood But I want to be good so bad want to be so good So bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had I want to take a ride up in the sky Watch this airplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desires, all I ever had, and my shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. Shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. And I wonder would they pay it any mind when I leave this busted city far behind. I'll take the high road however far it winds Because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find And I want to be good, so bad I want to be good, so bad, so bad I want to be good, so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had it's all I ever had. And these suckers make me mad, and I wanna call my dad, and it's all I ever had. it's all I ever had, and it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. And these suckers make me mad, and it's all I ever had, and I wanna call my dad, and it's all I ever had, and it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had.